0: Alright, welcome to the show. How's it
1: going? Thanks for joining us. Uh, not too bad. Just getting ready to start my week here. It's actually Monday morning, but I guess it's Sunday night for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's Sunday night for me here in Bakersfield, California.
1: Uh congratulations on your child what fourth birthday, I guess?
0: Yeah, we just had a we just had a birthday and uh, you know, he's he's uh he's he's kind of amazing, you know.
1: I know, I know. Children are amazing. Yeah what kind of things are is he into uh
0: well that's the thing the weird thing is that he uh, he likes to watch um alarm demonstration videos on youtube and <laughs> and so he's that's hilarious. Really, he's super into alarms and uh so i thought I, I wanted to get him something that was sort of like an alarm system or something like that mm-hmm. But of course, I couldn't like go to like ADT and like you know buy a, a whole like alarm system, uh, demonstration system, or something like that. <laughs> you know, um, so I got him this little uh, snap together electronics kit. You know, it's it's a it's above That's his awesome. it's above his uh, age level, um, but we've been having fun with it. It makes siren sounds and stuff.
1: Awesome. Uh, what's your son's name?
0: Uh, his name is Liam.
1: Oh, it's close to sounds similar to my daughter's name. My daughter's name is Leah. Oh, okay. Because uh, I'm not sure if you if you know this, but um, Korea, most people have three syllable names. So you probably notice this with like Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Il, or his father Kim Il Sung. Like that's not a that's not a coincidence that they have three three names, because most people they're I guess I was gonna say their first name, their last name. They put their family name first, so that's why all the Kims, you know, it's like Kim, Kim, Kim. Right. Yeah. I always used to think I was like, why do they have the first name but different last names? I never even thought to me that it would it would go in that order. But anyway, uh, so her name is Leah because we can. It, it's an American name, but we can write it in Korean letters, Korean form. Like I always you couldn't write my name.
0: I have always been fascinated it about how like family names came about, you know, like, uh, and you always, you always hear the story about, well oh, it was, uh, tied to like, basically like either, yeah. um, yeah, w- either where you're from or what you did as a profession, or, you know, right. what not what you did, but what your family did at, you know, as a profession or like who's, whose son you are ba- basically like, you know, uh, 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 you know williamson or something like that
1: oh right well and then there's also as you said i think most of the places i've heard most of the um, examples i've heard is from uh usually like regional you know especially like in europe they have like the von von leech which means like from so like what is it there's another one i think it's like an irish when they have like uh, Fitzpatrick, it means like the child of this person, like son of son of this person, son of that right. person.
0: Right, right. Or like O oh, O oh, Henry or something like that. You know, like son of Henry. Well, that's that's uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to the topic for tonight. How about All that?
1: All right.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what do we got this week? Well, last time. Uh, you grilled me like a, che- or I grilled you like a cheeseburger. Uh, I
1: was sweating like a like a like a dog, man.
0: About your beliefs I was, I was on hot seat. on Christianity and
1: yeah, and you know, it, for the record, just just one thing is that um, a lot of these answers I I can't really say definitively, and and I don't I don't expect you to say everything here definitively but uh i was kind of in some instances playing the devil's advocate cuz i don't necessarily believe all that it was just i was throwing some stuff out there in the ether just to say well hey you know this is maybe a possible explanation but uh i certainly don't have all the answers and i'm guessing you don't have all the answers to what i'm about to ask you uh
0: yeah and that that's basically what it's going to com- boil down to eventually is that you know all I all I know is that I don't know all I know is that I don't know nothing you know <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. so uh well let's let's get into it all right i, I threw i threw at you some basically common challenges and and common philosophical musings mm-hmm. and stuff and you know sure. we we had a good time going through that so yeah i really enjoyed myself what have you got for me
1: Okay, so Rob, I'm going to ask you just a series of, of questions, and I want you to try to answer these initial ones just as quickly as possible. Okay?
0: Okay. Well. Okay.
1: So, first question is, I want to ask you: Is um, how would you define God?
0: So, I, I suppose you would define God as basically the 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 creating force of the universe, a very. Uh, a very a, a completely conscious, willful, um, um, with purpose S- and sort of, uh, you know, like God has a mind, God has mm-hmm. a personality, um, and God has, uh, um, god god has th- things that that he, that he wants basically you know whoever this god is now you know okay. i okay all right so okay, that, that's that's basic. that's basically it
1: so next question as i want to ask is how would you define atheism
0: so basically i would define atheism as um As I would, I would personally define atheism, atheism as being unconvinced that there is any such thing as gods.
1: Unconvinced. Does that mean that if you're open to the possibility? So, would you? <laughs> would, it sounds like you would lean maybe more towards. Um, which that was the next question I was going to ask you is how would you define uh, agnosticism? Because that sounds more like an agnostic um, position.
0: So, to me, it's not an, an agnostic. Uh, it's not an agnostic position because it is a conclusion a conclusion that there is, uh, there's, there's no reason to believe that there are, are gods, there's any like, you know, uh, creative personality behind the universe. Um, okay. It is a conclusion.
1: Okay, good. And one more quick question I want to ask you is how would you define an anti theist?
0: So an anti theist, I would define as someone who is uh, against even the idea that uh, that anyone should believe that, that uh, gods exist, um, especially in the vein of of uh, gods that uh, have uh, an intent for us um, of, of how to behave and and um, and how to make laws and morals um, for, for each other in society.
1: Okay. Good. Thank you for those. Uh, thank you for those questions. I actually had it actually chuckled a little bit while asking you that because, uh, well, we'll get to, we'll get to that why I chuckled in a minute, but, uh, so first question is where does morality come from?
0: Um, well, okay. So, and I, I think you're asking this question because like, you know, Obviously, the, uh, the theist position is that morality comes from God, just like everything else comes from God, um, and that we that um, that we can know those morals through some sort of you know uh, religious text um, or some sort of ritual to to understand you know what what the morals are that God has made for us Um, and so that 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 question I always like the uh, the old philosophical questions that okay so morals came from gods does that mean that morals are good because they came from gods or like, do we know that morals are good because they came from God, or do we know that morals came from God because they're good, right? Well, I think okay, there's – Okay, Rob,
1: so l- let me interject for a second. Um, I asked you a question. Where does morality come from? So we'll get yeah. into where the Christian makes the argument from. I just yeah. want to hear from uh, – a. and this is not. – I'm not trying to trip you up here. This is like an actual uh, legitimate uh, – I may not even have a counter to this because at the end of the day – Um, what you just said right now might apply to me because you might just turn the question around back on me, but I'm just asking you from a, uh, you know, from a, from an atheist, like where does that, where does it come from?
0: Right, right. And, you know, uh, I I was leading to that basically. So, um, so uh, the only way we can know what is moral is by knowing what's good, (laughs) Right. And so that's basically where we get our, our morals. We we try to figure out what's good, what's what's good, what's a good way to behave as far as with each other. Um, and, um, you know, with with religion, there's always been an appeal to authority. Well, there really is no appeal to authority. It's just something we agree on.
1: Mm-hmm. So, that's, so so so. Morality is able to change uh, over time, is what you're saying?
0: Not exactly, no.
1: Well, you just said it, it's, a, it's a consensus. So consensus is change over time.
0: Sure, and the consensus on what uh, God wants for morals will change over time, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Okay, next question. You're familiar with Sam Harris?
0: I am familiar. I, I really haven't delve too much in his world
1: so I think I've told you a bit about my deconversion process and the conversion I had back to Christianity but along that way I would, I would wrestle sometimes with agnosticism and sometimes with um, deism and sometimes going back into the church to try to make my parents happy but um, I listened to a debate with him and William Lane Craig. And the arguments that he was making, I found them so convincing that I would say that guy permanently knocked me into the uh, deism camp to where I could no longer even uh, say that I believed like God was like a personable God. Because I think the argument he was making for morality was so, so- solidly grounded in, in, in science. That um, I, you know, I, I thought it was a really good argument, let's just say that. So up until the point where I actually did convert back to uh, being a Christian uh, for the first time in my life, actually, um, I was in a, in a camp of what I would call deism because of his uh, his arguments that he was making. Are you familiar with those arguments, uh, the moral landscape? Um,
0: the moral landscape, is that what it's called? yes no i'm not familiar with the arguments i might be okay I'm, not, I'm just not quite sure what you're talking about
1: well i mean he wrote a book about it but um i think if anyone if anyone would like more information on that you can visit you can see his debate on uh morality with uh, william lane craig uh, are you familiar with william lane craig at all
0: the name sounds familiar i, I i'm not sure
1: Okay, so he's pretty much like the Michael Jordan of christian apologists uh apologetics is like the defending of the faith, mm-hmm. so um he got into debate, and uh, Sam Harris like jokingly said like uh, that guy strikes the fear of God into um atheist debaters because he's um he has a very solid uh foundation for like he, he doesn't he doesn't really talk a lot about the bible he talks more like scientifically and um and philosophically but he has a very interesting um lecture it's called the absurdity of life without god and basically what the the premise is is that if we're all going towards a like a fiery extinction and like a supernova that's going to you know, or whatever, supernova. Actually, I don't think our son's going to go supernova, but whatever it might be that um, we're all going to, you know, not exist in some way, like there's no hope, there's no future for us. To, it kind of diminishes the role of uh, importance that we have in our life. And I want to know what your response to that is uh, as, as an atheist.
0: Um, so I, I kind of have an, an, an existentialist out, outlook on um... – meaning Which and purpose life. Like, so basically it's uh it's 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 centered around uh you know it's centered around avoiding the nihilistic um crisis that comes about when realizing that um uh-huh. there is no purpose in life that uh that there, there's no like inherent purpose in life. That we're just all just kind of floating around in this universe, and we just happen to be here at this point in time, at this point in space, and there's really no reason for it. It's just kind of, uh, uh, you know, it, it just kind of, it just kind of happened. It, it, we're here by chance, right? And what an existentialist would say, would basically say, is like, okay, so what? You know what? You're here. <laughs> You're here uh, you're it, it's kind of miraculous that you're, you're that you've actually won this lottery that you're actually alive in this time and space mm-hmm. do with what mm-hmm. you can with it make your mm-hmm. purpose be be what do whatever you can uh, and however you can do it you okay
1: know, so anyway. Anyway, what I'm saying is that there's there's arguments. We could sit around and talk about arguments, but then there's just a reality of what you have to live by day by day, right? So even someone like John Bossard or maybe like, let say, like a, a Nietzsche or even another philosopher I'm going to put up there is Kurt Cobain because his nihilism winds up coming out a lot in his music. And so... His conclusion, though, I guess, through it all, is this is all absurd anyway, so the only real way I can be consistent would be just to put a bullet in my head. So what do you think about someone who reasons by that way?
0: Well, okay, well, you know, Sartre is, you know, obviously one of the most famous existential philosophers. And, you know, obviously, you know, if he did... Uh, uh, posit such a thing it was for a philosophical point yeah so i think you know Camus had uh some great uh responses to the idea of you know whether it really mattered if we killed ourselves or not and uh, uh i think his his response i think it, to me okay let, let's just talk about me for a minute okay my mm-hmm. response is like well why not just live? You know, <laughs> um, I, I can't really, I don't really have an answer to that. You know? Yeah. Why not just well, live or, or why not just die? Right. And we each have our own reasons why we want to live or we want to die. And this life is ours to decide what to do with. And that's uh, basically the biggest takeaway from atheism is that, Um, And this this could be problematic that, oh, we don't have a God around, you know, to tell us that um, we got to be a certain way with our lives. Um, So what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? Well, either you can take responsibility for that Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: you can just decide that a God rules your fate or you could kill yourself, Whatever.
1: So, so I want to ask you about this is do you, do you think there's any kind of logic or reason to somebody, for somebody to say the mere fact, the mere thought of me existing in this, I'll call it a paradox myself, but this paradox where you're trying to find meaning even though you know that there's no meaning, that that puts such a strain on your conscience that it's better to just not have to live with that. You know. Does that yeah. make sense what I'm saying?
0: And that's it's I think it's it's a bit of a, fa- a faulty premise because um th- the fact that there's no god and no inherent meaning doesn't mean that there's no meaning at all. You know, there's meaning. We we put meaning it's 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 what we do as human beings. We put meaning in things. That's why logic is even a thing that we can do because we put meaning in that. You know, if we don't have meaning in anything, if there is no meaning, and the meaning is ours, we, we, we wake up in the morning, we look around, we see the world around us. Our, our brain is trying to like f- figure out what it all means. And it means something. It's just, there's no inherent meaning that drives our, uh, uh that, that drives our, um, that drives the way we ought that we all ought to live. Like there's no universal meaning. There's just a meaning for me, a meaning for you, a meaning for all of us. And we, we share our meanings. We do. It's, it's another aspect of, 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 uh, humanity and, and, you know, life in general is that we're, we're sharing this meaning of life.
1: So I'm going to call that right now. I've just coined something, and I'm going to call it the illusion of meaning. Would you, what do you think about that? An illusion of meaning. Well,
0: how's an illusion?
1: Well, I've, I, I, I've I've already said that to you. I, I've already said if you're going to the end, and it doesn't matter which way you go, right or left, the same outcome is going to come. About like for example, let's say I put you in a maze, okay? But every last, every last outcome in there whether you go left or right up or down you're gonna get to the end of the maze either way would you say that there was any kind of challenge or any kind of inherent meaning behind that uh, maze other than you having some kind of illusion that you're accomplishing something
0: well no no but i don't i don't really think that's what the universe is it's not uh you know obviously we all have a, a the same endpoint but we don't have we all don't have the same experience and that's basically ultimately like you know what our meaning is about it's about how our experience of life goes.
1: okay so this is a good transition for me to get into the uh, the next series of question uh, is I want to ask you is um, is it reasonable to assume that everything could come from nothing? Pop into existence out of nothing.
0: Um, no, I don't think that's reasonable to assume that. No.
1: So then, how would you um, how would you pr- propose that the universe came about? So, yeah, so that's incapable.
0: Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't propose. You know, my my answer to how did the universe co- come about is we don't know. Um, and the thing about the whole thing about, uh, uh, this question is that I, I feel like the, uh, the assumption is that like, well, if we don't know where it comes about, then therefore it must be God, but <laughs> why therefore it must be God. I mean, that's, that's God has been the placeholder for basically everything we didn't know yet. You know, where does gravity come from? Uh, it's God. Where does, uh. Where does the stars come from? Oh, it's God. You know, where does life come from? Oh, it's God. Um, but it, it, you know, the it, throughout history, the, the closer we look at things and the more we tried to actually find the answer to things, God started, God just got further and further away from us. And now God is as far away as the beginning of the universe past where we can't even see. And we, we can't would, we can't I, see there therefore there must be God there right well how can I say that I don't I don't see any reason for that
1: I, I would highly disagree with that because I would say that God has actually become more um the more that we do understand about the universe and we understand its complexity the more we understand that this this clearly just did not come about by uh we can't even fathom life uh, arising in such a short amount of time which is why ideas such as panspermia have been introduced to say hey well maybe life originated on another planet and then it was brought to earth either either intentionally or unintentionally either by like an alien race because this has actually been a theme in multiple different movies such as um the one about Mars, I think it's called Mission to Mars and uh, Prometheus. Actually, both of those movies uh, think about this is because there's not enough. Even even if you granted there's five billion years on this planet, there's not enough time for the improbable, the improb- improbability of life arising in that four four 4.5 billion years old or however the Earth is. So. I think, in a sense, two things. One, making those discoveries makes a God more evident, one. And then two is, which we talked about in why uh, we talked about last week, why I think philosophically, like even if we don't entertain, even if we can't come to a conclusion on which one is real, okay, maybe atheism is true, maybe Christianity or theism is true. If we don't know... I can say at least the foundation in Christianity is can potentially be proven, whereas you can't, you don't have that, and th- you know this is just the nature of uh, the position you're defending. It's not to say that it's not true. Maybe it is true. Maybe it is true that there's not a God, but the fact is is that we will not be able to prove it. One, and then two, the other side of that is that you know there is the the potential to. Experiences God and that's actually the next question. I want to ask you is why is it? How is it possible? That so many people have had um, Encounters with God with a God for uh, You know tens of thousands of years now. How is that possible?
0: How is it that? uh, people have an experience some sort of like personal experience yeah, that they have either seen God or talked to God or ex- right or had some sort of thing like that. You know, right. <laughs> the human brain is has been evolved to see, uh, to find meaning in things, to find uh, voices, to find thoughts, to find um, intent, um, uh, because that has helped them to survive. That's that's helped us to survive through. Um, through the ages, I mean, it's helped like it, it's helped um, um, prey survive from predators. You know, to 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 be aware that there's something out there with intent, intent to harm them, or intent to help them. Okay, and mm-hmm. but our brains aren't perfect. So we'll, we'll see that intent. We'll see that intent in dark shadows where it looks like there's a, there's a, there's a pair of eyes looking at us. We'll see it in the sky where we see patterns in the stars. Um,
1: and and we'll
0: and we'll even see it in our, (laughs) and you know, uh, please don't be insulted, but in our delusions, okay our delusions because uh our brains are only so good at putting things together and when when people encounter something that they have never seen before and that has that has happened quite a bit throughout humanity you know we we've we've only had the benefit of uh, of of worldwide information uh straight at our fingertips and being able to see what the world looks like for only the, the past 100 years or so and, uh, and so people encounter new things all the time and it, you know, and like you were saying, like today we might, we might put that in context of aliens or something. Um, but of course people would put it in context of God because that's basically, um, that's a common cultural thing, you know? It's it's kind of so, a, something that permeates cultures.
1: So I want to interject um, two two points. This and then I want to go on to the next series uh, of questions I want to ask you. But I do not think sociologically that that actually makes sense. Because let's it let's back though. up. Let's back up. Well, let me let me let me explain. Let's back up two, three, four, five thousand years ago. Okay. So people do not have the technology that we have now. So, if you're gonna go and build a, a pyramid, it's gonna take a gigantic uh, dedication of resources yes. to accomplish that. Okay, so to to, to to dedicate a pyramid to a god doesn't seem like it's conducive on an evolutionary scale. <laughs> one, because it's it, you're gonna diminish what you, the, the resources you could be using for hunting or building uh, houses. One. So there's that, and then two is that if you have a belief in an afterlife, then it takes away the um, it takes away the the raw instinct of a survival of the fittest. So that 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 belief doesn't seem to fit well in an evolutionary uh, standpoint. How, no, how do you, counter-intuitive. How I
0: I don't see how that's counterintuitive. I don't I don't see how like that would be that wouldn't be a that would be a um an adverse evolutionary uh thing Uh, one thing about the pyramids is that uh, we've seen pyramids erected in places where they've they've suddenly found themselves in um in a a sort of a a surplus economy basically they've they've had new technological advances and and like agriculture and and um and basically collective um the rise of civilization right and uh um basically they just they just they just had time to do these things now and they were also uh um signals of power to like other signal civilizations okay um another thing is that i i i i'm not sure uh what you said about like having religious beliefs having spiritual beliefs is adverse to survival I don't understand that
1: if you you believe in a dog eat dog a dog eat dog paradigm then that's going to make you be more inclined to let's say kill someone if you feel that your you know your resources are being I'm saying it it provides you a cutting edge over someone is I'm saying what I'm saying is that you would have an evolutionary advantage over someone who thought oh well this this isn't my only life that I got to preserve Whereas okay. if you're, as you were talking about, from a, this is the only life you have, so you have to hold to this more than someone who says, "Well, I have a, you know, a higher set of, uh, uh of standards that I'm abiding by than just trying to try outlive you." For example.
0: Okay. Well, also, an actually- also an important survival mechanism was cooperation, basically, like, you know, uh, uh, getting together with other people, having a a, a, a community that you know they could get together they could they could go hunt you know together they can they can gather they can they can pool their resources and that made you know that collective need that that basically that collective mechanism for survival is what is why we even have culture to begin with and uh, one of the one of the starting points in culture is spirituality talk you know getting together talking about what else is out there you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, it's not it's it's not exactly the same across the board you know there are, there's a, just as diverse city of of ideas of what was out there as there were cultures
1: so this this leads me to the next point i want to ask which is um I'm going to frame this question in a very unique way, and I want you to take at least one minute to answer it straight, okay? So I want you to give a dissertation. Okay. All right. So suppose you and I get – trans, we have a time machine uh, back to the year, and we could take it right back to um, the 1930s, okay? And you're able to have one two-minute tops conversation with Adolf Hitler. And you can't invoke any kind of god or spiritual higher kind of power. What argument would you make to him? Again, you have one minute to persuade him to not abuse, uh, to 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 not go on the endeavors that he's about to do. All right.
0: Well, that's one an, minute. Take the will. That's an interesting question. Um, let's see. How would I persuade him? That's, that's well. Um, I would try to persuade him that, like, uh, basically it'd be good no, for no, his... No, no, no,
1: let me stop you. Let me okay. stop you. I, I want... I'm Adolf Hitler. Okay. You're talking to me. I want you to <laughs> express it. I want you to express it how you would... How, like, I want to know the verbatim exactly what you would say if you had one minute. Okay. okay? One All or right. two minutes. Go.
0: De Fuhrer, I hope you're doing well today. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've come to uh, basically... I've come to basically uh, uh, appeal to your sense of uh, better judgment. That uh, it would be better for your rise in power to to ally with the people rather than trying to uh, separate everybody and trying to uh, uh, obviously, you know, the German people are the greatest people in the world. Um, like you said but it would be better for the german people if we had the help of the world and by helping the world we have to show them that we're not going to be the monsters that that uh, we can become we can reach out to them we can we can give them we can offer them the benefit of german superiority without trying to destroy them and eventually everybody will come to the banner of German superiority and, 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 and hail fealty to you, uh, Fuhrer.
1: Oh, that's, that's an interesting take. And the reason
0: I, and the reason I would go there is cause like, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, Hitler had a, a particular psychology. He was, uh, um, um, narcissist. He was a narcissist. You know, the only way you could talk to him is in terms of what would be good for for him personally, and how no, good would make him. You know,
1: you answered precisely the way that um, that I think would be good. So um, that that's a really that's a really thought out uh, way with such short notice to to give that. So now the next question, uh, same scenario. This time, you're able to jump back and speak to Kim Jong-un's grandfather, which was Kim Il-sung. Okay? So this guy's an atheist. He's a communist. He believes in survival of the fittest. And in his mind, he's more highly evolved than the the other Koreans around him. So in the same way we would use a sheep or a cow, he's saying, I'm above the evolutionary rung than all of you and you guys are my subjects so what would be your argument to him I remember and i'm kim jong i'm kim il-sung sorry to put you in such a hot spot i just this I, I, i'm not trying to catch you i'm not trying to catch you uh, and, and i'm not trying to catch you up here i just it's a legitimate to know the mind of rob rob I- shock
0: I'd probably use the same argument, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I'd probably just say the the same thing I just said to Hitler, but like to, uh, you know, to Kim. To, Wait, I'm
1: Kim Il-sung. I'm Kim Il-sung. Kim Il-sung. And I'm yeah. more evolved. I'm more evolved. Yeah. So, okay. So go. so
0: Kim Il-sung, our, I'm our, you. our mighty, uh, you know, whatever the Korean word for for Ubermensch is, uh, uh, you are the greatest. And uh, I think that, the best thing for you to do is to, uh, um, is is to just show everybody and let everybody come under your wings, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's basically the same thing I would have said to Hitler. <laughs>
1: okay. You know,
0: so all right. I, I don't really so- know as much about that guy as I as I do about Hitler. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, well, a, a, a Western-centric uh, history uh, education, I guess.
1: I've told you about my conversion process, and one of the first cracks in the ceiling was actually going to North Korea, and was actually seeing the oppression of the North Korean people, mm-hmm. and saying that I couldn't, I couldn't find a logical and rational basis to do this under my. Um, atheism, because this actually made logical sense from an evolutionary standpoint. So, you may disagree with that. I'm telling you what I personally was able to live with in my own skin and in my own mind. Because at the end of the day, we can argue these points, but everybody has to live out the convictions that, you know, that, are that as they say, con- uh, you don't hold convictions; convictions hold you. So, I had exactly. to say. Exactly. I could not live with that, um, with, that, with that background anymore. So I was like, okay, I, I don't want to be a Christian. I'll be an agnostic. I'll be a deist, whatever. I'll do anything I can to avoid um, this God. But so that, was, uh, that uh, was a huge crack in the ceiling for me.
0: So what you're saying is that uh, you, 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 want, you, you no longer wanted to be an atheist because you identified atheism with this person.
1: No, no, not at all. So, okay, okay actually, then I don't really understand. Ex- okay, so then let me give you the exact, let me paint the exact scenario that happened, and, and maybe you'll understand my point. So I w- we were in North Korea, and we, we, were, we were in a town that was like a fake town. It was like a, I know that even sounds like, what the heck are you talking about? It was like a mock city that they just created that, like, really no one is living in there. Mm-hmm. and it was just like to entertain people okay, okay. It's, i can't even it's hard to put this into words because it's so out of what you would consider like normal but anyway right. we were right next to a north korean village and um we were given strict instructions that like if we talk to these people they'll find us like fifty dollars i mean it was the definition of irony because they're supposed to be communists and against capitalism, but every chance they got, they were trying to find you some kind of money. And oh my God, the the minibar prices were like the most expensive I've ever seen in a restaurant, but uh, in a hotel. But anyway, I digress. But we came up to a point where we were given certain crossing, like we're giving certain roads where we could cross on, like we couldn't walk on where the North Koreans were walking. So when we came up to this intersection, our eyes caught the eyes of some other North Koreans. And we were like, it was like a deer in a headlights. Like, we didn't know, do I go first? Do you go first? And all of a sudden, like a, a guard came out waving a whistle or uh, blowing a whistle. And so we had to we had to hurry up and go. And as I walked away from that, I was like, the only other time I've seen like things being Put where you can or cannot walk in would be like in a cattle with, with when people you know when they when they move the cattle through like at auctions, and I was like, I've never seen that done to a human before, and I was like, and I tried to I tried to get to the underlying reasons why I thought it was so wrong, and I thought, well, this actually makes sense if Kim Jong Il is more evolved if he's more. Um, if he's higher on the evolutionary ladder, it actually makes sense that he would use the people under him, as I would use a, a pig or a, a sheep or whatever. So, um, I would like to go on from that point. That I was just uh, I'm just telling you what happened uh, with me. Uh, the
0: idea that anybody or anything is higher on the evolutionary ladder is is uh, from what I, from the way I understand evolution. Uh, uh, a fundamental misunderstanding of evolution. I don't, it doesn't really work like that. There's no higher, you know, there's no higher, uh, you know, this is all just like a matter of opinion, a matter of perspective, you know, this idea that humans are higher than other animals, that, that, that's not what evolution says. That is a, that is, uh, that is sort of a human centric, um, you know, sort of like, sort of like the same. It comes from the same way that the thing that that, that uh, idea that like you know, God made humans above other animals. You know, it's like, but humans are not above un- other animals. That's the point of evolution. We're all the same. We have different evolu- We we've evolved to do different things to survive in different ways. There's no better way of survival than the other. There's just something that works.
1: But I've but but the higher you get, whoever is below you gets eaten by you. That's that's that's, that's what evolution. That's that's what happens. It's not no. whether or not you like it or not. It's, no, it's no. what happens. It's no no. That's what happens.
0: Life is always trying to eat each other. You know that's 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 kind of a basic fundamental survival. It's it, the basics of it is it's trying to eat whatever it can eat. And when it eats something that's alive, that's, that can help you survive, you know? And so that's basically what all of life has evolved to do is other than like plants, plants have evolved to, uh, uh, energy from the sun. And some might say that's the most successful, uh, that's the most that you know depending on your uh, point of view that could be seen as the most successful evolutionary advantage is just getting energy from the sun
1: except the fact that it's edible and a lot of people eat them but, right um i just it's want true. to say one thing and i do want to go on from this point is in the 1990s this line of reasoning of survival of the fittest is actually what happened um, in north korea because i have right. interviewed a north korean survivors but that and they said said during that time that the government just said well we'll not give we're not going to give them any food and then we'll just see how people have to either either they resort to cannibalism or they resort to eating um eating grass and this will basically weed out all the weakest among us and we'll just left with this uh uh, you know the healthiest. Anyway, I do want to go on to the next point. I ask you: Is do you believe that is is it possible for humans to have a soul? No. No. Okay. I mean, and I guess why, that depends why, on
0: what you what you think a soul is. Like, if you think a soul is like a, a something that lives on and and continues to be conscious, then no, I don't really think that's possible.
1: Well, I'm not talking about James Brown's soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so they do not have a soul okay so do you believe so you do not believe that anything such as you do not believe in any other extra dimensional um beings that might exist such as uh, demons or angels or jinn or well like visible guy no okay so the next question I want to ask you then is how do you account for evil?
0: Um, evil is so what is evil? What do we mean by evil?
1: Okay. Let me rephrase the question. How do you define evil? Because hey. I I'm, I'm 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 the the master this week.
0: Okay. So um and this this is probably one of the one of one of my biggest philosophical uh conundrums is what is evil you know mm-hmm. what is because it's like okay so it's bad things that happen to us or i mean is is a hurricane evil if i if i uh if my family dies in a hurricane is that evil um and how is that different than like uh um uh and like a an invading army comes through and 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 uh, kills my family. You know, is that is that more evil than a hurricane? Um, um, so I, I I don't know. I, the thing is that like that's that's ultimately I that's ultimately one of the things I'm probably m- more agnostic about is like okay, well, evil possibly exists depend, depending on what it is and i can't think of what evil could be that would be that that would be evil for somebody but not evil for somebody else you know what i'm saying
1: well no because people have different people have different values so for example um you know there's people who kill people and stream it online and for them, that's good for them because they're making money out of it, or they're enjoying the act of causing pain to someone. Right. So, I think, and, and once again, I think this is just from a disadvantage, just from the from the position you hold, is that it's a lot harder to more clearly define that and to clearly say something that you know is absolutely, positively uh, true, that this does exist and. That there has to be some kind of origin of it and so you may or may not agree with christianity but i i can posit a logical uh origin and even time frame to where it will exist and so this is why
0: so what would that be the devil or the or the the moment where uh eve uh ate from the fruit from the tree of the the fruit of knowledge of good and evil
1: um well no it would have to be the it would have to be the devil because the devil is the, the devil. one who did the other things.
0: And like what is the so. devil then the the, the the when you look at the bible it's not really easy to 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 say exactly what the devil is even if you like look at Whoa. go from the
1: bible. So if you look at the book of uh, Job, mm-hmm. which is considered to be the first book written in the Bible, mm-hmm. but Satan actually goes in front of God and yeah. has to ask permission to punish um, Job. Uh, and as a result of that, Job is considered like the gold standard as far as enduring whatever hardships you have and God being able to deliver you from it. Right. So, and in, so, in in a story where Satan is is actually you know trying to hurt people, um, he actually winds up causing more good in the long run. So how,
0: now my question is, how do we know Satan's the Satan in the Book of Job is the devil? Because uh, in the Book of Job, uh, the word that it's translated from uh, uh, means adversary, mm-hmm. and uh, that that could basically mean anything i mean couldn't satan just be like an angel who's been assigned to challenge god basically on certain things you know
1: yeah absolutely uh,
0: how how does that tell us what evil is though
1: i i think it's one of those things where um where god has there there's like a natural i would say call it a natural natural law order of the universe that god has when he created us he created us with a a basic understanding of the universe. So if, for example, let's let just, let just talk about justice for a second. Let's say you killed someone and I was a judge and, I, and I, you came up before me and I was like, hey, you know, Rob, you really shouldn't do that again. I want you to go apologize to the people's family. And then you walked out and you're like, okay, we're good. So no harm, no foul. You're like, all right, man, well, you apology accepted and you're out the door, right? So then imagine another scenario where you jaywalked and then the police just came over and uh, and put you in the guillotine and just cut your head off. Well, we would fundamentally know, like even if we even if we don't appeal to God, we fundamentally know that there is just something not right about either of these scenarios. And um, so, with God, with God, He gives us a foundation to understand why exactly that we have these kind of inclinations because even if you're an atheist okay inclinations to 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 justify or to condemn something is what i'm saying but even if you're an atheist like like christian's arguments my argument is not that you are an no moral person cuz one i don't know you well enough to 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 make that judgment call on you but even if i did from what i do know about you like i don't think that that would be something I would be able to say and and it's been my experience many times that Christians are just as immoral as Any other person that I've met in my life. So It's just um, our, our argument is that we have a foundation uh, to understand it to understand why these things happen and we have uh, We also have a time frame into which they might stop existing because you know, you talk about Satan, where does he come from? It's like, well, from the Bible's perspective, he's allotted a certain amount of time and a certain amount of freedom, but he is limited by God does put certain limits on him. So he can't like destroy the world if he wanted to, for example. I know sometimes I might think as a Christian, well, why doesn't God uh, put more restraints on him to, for instance, stop the Holocaust or something like that? But... um you know, some of these questions I don't have all the answers to. So right. it's, it's not really reasonable for me to expect you to answer everything when I can't, myself no. can't answer everything. And you know that,
0: that's definitely true. And, and you know, there are more th- there's more than one way to, to find a, a foundation of, of what's right and wrong than to uh, appeal to a God. You know, if, you know uh, no, nobody wants to, to live in a society where you're liable to get your head cut off just if you accidentally cross the street the wrong way so um eventually that's uh, basically that's going to be where that comes from you know no uh, uh, like there's going to be no society where uh uh, everybody just thinks it's going to be a, a good idea for anybody to to be able to get killed for any reason and that's basically the reason we gather together in cultures and groups and society is is for protection for survival, mm-hmm. and if we're not surviving, then that's going to be a, an evolutionary pressure basically, <laughs> against okay that kind of society.
1: First question is is that do you believe that time travel is possible, by the laws of physics?
0: Uh, I. I don't believe Maybe. I don't believe the, the laws of physics have any have actually a, a definitive thing to say. There are some um, hypotheses about that, but no actual theories that can actually explain or um, or or give a, a definitive sort of proof that it, it actually uh, is a thing. I, I know that time is kind of a thing that. Uh, uh, you know time is relative basically like uh, mm-hmm. the, the closer you are to a, uh, a strong source of gravity the, the slower uh, time will go um, and that's definitely been proven that's something that's definitely been proven to be true um,
1: so okay so next question is uh, do you believe in other multiple universes or string theory or uh extra dimensions any of those three i
0: i have no reason to believe in them um string theory is an interesting thing that i that i was interested in before it was it was kind of one of those fascinating sexy uh scientific hypotheses (laughs) that um that went around for a while and it's it's definitely it's it's definitely not accepted as scientific fact by any means
1: the bible talks about god basically destroying our wisdom uh, certainly if you were to compare to him uh, as if he created everything then at the fundamental levels of reality um, and physics and even matter like there's just some things that absolutely defy anything even close to understanding what we know about reality such as like quantum uh, entanglement you know, if you're if you in a house right now and you have a book and you open up the book, basically the solid matter uh, exists in everything as far as atoms would be like um, one, 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 like uh, the period at the end of a, of a sentence. So the fact that, you know, everything seems to be made of nothing, pretty much oh, next to nothing, and the fact that you know um, things, as you said, like like time travel, whenever we start to go super fast, see it close to the speed of light, where things just start to break down in our understanding, God has put some of these kind of mysteries in place to there, to kind of keep us in check uh, in the universe, is is what my uh take so, on that is.
0: So so God is um, God is giving us fake news.
1: No, this no, <laughs> is what he's
0: saying exactly. Like you're saying that these that these things are are like we're finding out these these things because it's uh it's meant to to confound us to befuddle us. Yeah. I mean, so that's not <laughs> so What, else you, that's, what that's, are you saying? It's then?
1: reality. No, it's it's oh. reality. Oh, I see. Okay, so so I mean, when you take a look at something like quantum entanglement, or the fact that atoms um what is it the or was it the electrons or they actually need to be observed before we can know where they are like how could we it's so out of it's so out of the line of what we can understand is what i'm saying like i know it's i know it's to be true and i do believe in in everything that the scientists and the physicists are telling us but at the end of the day, it seems like there's just, there's something we just got to take a step back. And I think we can do this as Christians and as as atheists and just say like, wow, that is amazing that this is what it actually is. You know, Maybe we might explain it from a different way, but for me, it's a matter of, it, it keeps me humble. It keeps me um, respectful. It keeps me empathetic about, you know, as an atheist, I don't think that. Either side, we're going to have all the answers to all of these questions. Um,
0: no. I, I,
1: we look at it, you know? I think I'm, we can study this stuff until till we die and, and still be it.
0: Um, well, exactly. You know, I still. don't think any, any scientist is under any delusion that we're ever going to find all the answers to everything. The universe is a big place after all.
1: Let me ask you a, another question. This is going to be the last question I'm going to ask you. But let's just assume for a second that there is a gut. Two seconds. Okay. If there was a God, what do you think would be the best explanation as to how he got where he was?
0: How God became God?
1: Yeah. So like like What's, let's just, let's what's God's uh,
0: uh, superhero origin story basically?
1: Right. So, so if, if tomorrow I showed you, or let's just say God appeared before us and was like, yeah, you know what? I'm real. And, and, and look, I can do all these things. I'm actually real. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to go away. I'm not going to answer anything else about myself. If you had to take a a guess, what would you think would be the best logical explanation for a God, his origin?
0: You're asking me for a logical explanation.
1: Right. Well, okay, look, 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 look. Listen to this. I'm a reason by analogy here. So I'm in America. I'm in South Korea right now. Well, if I got... If tomorrow you see me in America, and then you're like, "Well, how did you get here so quickly?" and I'm like, "Well, I flew here." and then you were like, "Oh, on a plane?" and I'm like, "No, I physically flapped my wings." Um, you would say, "Well, that's obviously insane. That's ob- there's no way that happened." and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I took the ocean." and then you're like, "Oh, in a boat?" and I'm like, "No, I swam." Well, you would know that that's not true as well. Right. But out of the two, if you had to pick one, you would probably say that I most likely swam here. Right. right. If one of those had to be true, that would be the option you would – because you know I can at least physically swim, even though if I couldn't cover that distance. So I'm saying if, if you had to put your bets down, um, what, would you, what would an assumption be or what might you think is possible?
0: Uh, I'm befuddled by this question because, like, uh, the most logical thing would be, I guess, uh, uh, that God is eternal. It was, it was always there. Hmm. That there's no, there's no beginning to God, no end to God. That God is always there, will always be there. And if He created this universe, and this universe is going to end, then you know he just might create another one or maybe he's created a whole bunch of other universes, the multi, uh, you know, the, uh, the multiverse basically that we're, that we're unaware of. And he's got things going on over there, you know? Uh, So um, it it wouldn't seem to me that something like a God would, would actually have an origin.
1: So what, what if I were to posit this as an origin story for God? okay? Okay. So suppose the big bang actually did happen. We get to a point where, now, life evolves and it evolves and evolves. And then eventually, God winds up evolving from lower beings. And then he somehow learns to master the laws of physics, bend physics as he wants. Then he's able to, to rewind. This is why I asked you about time travel. Then he's able to backtrack the to the very beginning. And then he creates it all. So... That's, I'm not saying I believe that, that's probably, I'd probably get me excommunicated if I ever articulated that, um, but it is something we can think about and say, well, you know, we don't really know, uh, to say something is eternal is not really to say anything, it's just to say, well, it's like this and I'm not going to try to think of where it could come from, you know, that, that's something that totally blows me away is trying to wrap my mind around this as a believer. Is that i have to know that I, one thing i do know for sure is i wasn't around whenever the universe was created so how i could tell you exactly how he did it one way or the other would be a whole lot of guessing on my part
0: that that all makes for uh you know a, a good uh a narrative you know a, a, an interesting narrative um I, I i guess all i would have to say about any of that is that uh uh, a, a quote I forget who to attribute it to but it goes something like uh, um, man created God in his image so so there you go
1: well it's I've heard one it said um, God created man in his image and in return and we return the favor in kind because we uh. conform God to whatever we want him to be
0: mm, yes. so
1: well rob i want to thank you for that very 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 interesting uh, exchange oh, there and no, no, uh, i really thank appreciate you.
0: It. so are we gonna are we gonna do uh, some uh we're gonna do something different now are we or
1: are we yeah, wrapping it up talk about year? our favorites okay all right so uh, how about we start off same thing we'll go back and forth and we talk about our favorites of all time and just quick one or two sentences why
0: okay so who wants to all go right. first
1: all right i'll go first There's something almost as certain I can say as the fact that I know that there is a a God out there in the universe, and that is that the movie uh, Casablanca is, I mean, I would definitely say it's the greatest of all time, but it is one of the finest pieces of work I have ever seen in my whole life. I mean, I would go so far as to say it's the greatest movie ever made, but I'm not going to say that uh, because, you know, it's my opinion, but... Uh, I don't think I will ever like a movie, maybe even seventy-five um, percent of how much I love Casablanca. Have you seen that movie?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, you know, it's one of those movies that I I always felt like I needed to see because,
1: right. Uh, right.
0: I, I encounter so many cultural references to it, and right, right. So, you know, and yeah, it's it, it was it's a good movie. I, those old movies, you know, that they were. I I took some time to like uh, delve into them. Um, right. but I, I could never, you know, when, when it comes to me and movies, I'm more of a, just kind of a geek, you know? <laughs> so, uh, basically, and what started off my, my geekiness about geek movies is Star Wars. Uh, okay. the, uh, the, original, the, uh, the, uh, the first one that came out before, before it was episode the the, the, one, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was episode one, but before it, it was, uh, it gone into episodes and prequels it was just called star wars and um uh, i had seen it for the first time when i was but a wee
1: lad number two is memento by christopher nolan
0: i have not seen I, that one
1: oh god i think i'm gonna end this podcast right now <laughs> that is one of the greatest movies that is up there, um, but I don't want to give away any spoiler alerts, but um oh, go ahead I mean talking about talking about um, empathy and understanding and respect all that I think those three can really fit well into that narrative because it deals with issues such as loss and um, coping with loss and how people do that, and um, just really gets down and shows the frailty of humanity that we exist on
0: uh, Avengers Infinity War goes Mm -hmm. uh, one of one of my favorite ones uh, mostly because the villain is pretty much the protagonist in the whole movie Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's his journey his journey to fulfill his his evil evil deed and at the end he does it he succeeds Um, and I I think that uh, it does a great job of exploring um um philosophical themes such as uh deontology and utilitarianism right. uh, not not the greatest illustration of those things but but still pretty fun for pre- a pretty fun way to
1: do it vanilla sky
0: okay haven't with seen tom,
1: it with tom tom cruise oh my god you got to see it um living your life with regret and missed opportunities is what the movie is all about at a fundamental level, and um, that plays out in several different relationships in the movie. But um, the guy might be something considered of like a Donald Trump. His dad is uber successful, and he puts a, a lot of pressure on him to 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 do to behave in like a certain way, and it winds up causing a really big crisis in his life. So, I definitely highly recommend it.
0: All right, so my my next movie is uh uh indiana is well now it's called indiana jones and the raiders of the lost cart dark but back then it was just called raiders of the lost ark and oh. it is just an all-around fun movie um harrison ford was probably one of my favorite uh action actors um i loved him as han solo but i loved him even more as indiana jones And the characters—it's just—it's just just a great movie through and through. The characters are likable, Um, and uh, um, it made me—it made me interested in the story of the Ark of the Covenant.
1: (laughs) Mm. I actually uh, met him in LA, um, Harrison Ford, on the street with his wife, with his—he was with Heather Locklear, and it was like some festival and. I just walked up to him, like, I was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, not bad. You. That's it. That was the extent of it. I would have to go probably with Fight Club because the um, – looking at the duality that exists in um, – please tell me you've seen that one.
0: Yes, I've seen Fight Club. <laughs> okay, good.
1: So the duality that exists between humans um, and wrestling with different sides of ourselves and the conclusion – I think it's very suiting. Um, I kind of wish they would have done so maybe without a little bit more sexuality or use of profanity. But uh, because, you know, I am Christian. Um, so I think they did some of the things in kind of a very crude way. Which I've actually heard they actually toned it down some from the uh, the, 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 the book that it was written yeah. off of. But the point being is that still, though, we, understanding and not being comfortable with every side of ourselves, I think is something that everyone can relate to
0: so uh my my next movie is uh um oh brother where art thou now uh i, th- I think the cohen brothers are uh, the, the, the guys who directed the movie they're probably some of the greatest movie makers of all time um <clears throat> and uh you know and and i think other people might say other movies that they made, like Fargo or The Big Lebowski, or something, but there's just something I just completely love about Old oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's it's a beautiful movie. It's got these great color schemes. It's got this great music throughout the whole movie, and um, and it's 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 loosely based on uh, the the Odyssey from Homer, one of the uh, right one of the oldest stories mankind has to offer. Um, which, you know, I've always been, I've always loved Greek mythology. So I like watching the movie and going like, Oh yeah, this is from this part of the, of that story. This is from that part. But, uh, it's, it's a fun, it's not, it's not meant to be the best acted movie, you know, and it's not meant to have like, um, the, like, well, the Cohen brothers, I say always I think always have like really deep existentialist themes and, uh, throughout their uh through the stories of the movies but that there's there's always been a special place for that movie in my heart thank you everyone for listening uh i am rob shock
1: and it's isaiah diesel
0: and uh we'll uh we'll see you again we'll uh yeah
1: (laughs) rethinking differences
0: come back next time thank you